What's going on? Welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Football Fellows Podcast. It's Draft Guide Day. Yes, it is. sir. Happy, happy, happy Draft Guide Day. Yes, sir. It is Lucas and Tyler hanging out with you. Well, I guess you're listening to this on Wednesday, but we're recording on Tuesday, so we're celebrating Draft Guide Day a little bit early. Uh, I am st- It's Draft Guide Stoked for Draft Guide Day. Hi, Day. The it's first day. ever Fellas Draft Guide is officially out today. We will be releasing that uh, at 4 p.m. on Wednesday. So, again, that will be today as you're listening to this podcast Cameron uh, is not with us tonight. He's saving $1,600 by not being with us tonight. Um, don't ask for details on that. We'll keep that uh, between you and me. Um. <laughs> I mean, I mean, look, no. we, we, uh, we support money moves over at the fellas, and this, this qualifies. This qualifies. Uh, Cameron, essentially, uh, <clears throat> he and his wife are going through a moving process right now. And so um, to spare you the details um, is the wisest thing for them to do is to move literally right now. So <laughs> he is not with us, which is a bummer because we are discussing uh, some of the biggest surprises uh, in our uh, projections for the fellow's draft guide. Um, You can go buy our Fellas Draft Guide using the link in any of our social media bios. All you have to do is click on that top link. It's only $5. You want to know what's $5? A large Dairy Queen Blizzard. A Little Caesars Hot and Ready, new sponsor of the NFL. It is a great day. You can buy, you can save yourself. Look, I love, I love Caesars, but... You can uh, you can spend that five dollars on a fellow's draft guide instead. We you can get all of our projections for uh, every single player uh, in the NFL this uh, upcoming season, and we will be updating those literally daily. Uh, and so you will be able to get our changes in projection in real time, uh, and you will be able to then use that for your draft. So as news comes out, we will be tweaking those rankings. Uh, as some of our opinions, we will be tweaking those rankings. It is five dollars. Go! It, it is the best five dollars you'll ever spend in your lifetime. And normally, I say the best five dollars you'll ever spend is on a hot buddy Caesars. But this will be the best thing you spent five dollars on in your <laughs> lifetime. Uh, so happy, happy draft guide day! Uh, go, go get yourself a fellow's draft guide for five dollars using the social media link in any of our bios. Tyler, how you doing today, man? That was a long intro, but how you doing? I, hey. I got got to check in on my people. <laughs> Real quick, I have to give you kudos for the uh, the little tie-in for the little Caesars hot and ready's. Not a sponsor. Oh, it was gonna be part. It, it was gonna be part of my. It was gonna be part of part of my how I'm doing today. It's a great day. It's a, it's a Tuesday. We're recording on a Tuesday, but Little Caesars, the official sponsor of the NFL now, official pizza of the NFL. I'm in. I, I, it, today's a great day. Today's a great Tuesday. Best Tuesday in forever. I was going to say, feels like this is one of the better Tuesdays in a long time. Um, yes. Yes. No, but it's it's draft guide. It is, it's, tra- it's draft guide day. Like all, I mean, this is something that we've been working on for months. Too long. No? Not too long. Months. Yeah. Long time. Long time. And 
there are some things that <laughs> when we share it with each other, we're just kind of like, oh, really? Oh, interesting. <laughs> and you can take that as what a good thing. What do you mean thing. by that? <laughs> you can take it as a good thing or as a bad thing, right? Like, it's. I mean, it's interesting to see what we think players will do this year. And, I mean, what I'm looking at right now is Cam's little negative, negative, and I use that in quotes. And it's right. very, very interesting because someone like me does not <laughs> have that same yeah. idea. So right. we'll, we'll get into it later, but I'm, I'm excited for this episode. And and not only is it Draft Guide Day, but we, our episode coming out on Friday is going to be oh, a oh, banger brother. of an episode. Yeah, when they uh, when, when when the kids call songs bangers, I, I feel like I'm aging myself. I'm going to stop that right now. Yeah, when when you call a song a banger, that's going to be an episode of our podcast on Friday. Go smack. Uh yeah, we got big things coming on Friday. That's going to be a ton. That's going to be a ton of fun. Uh, so we're looking forward to that. We got a great week of podcasts, man. I, I I'm so bummed Cameron can't be here tonight. This was going to be like the, the meat and potatoes of what he would always want to podcast about. It's just yes, <laughs> explaining his takes to no end and not being sorry for it. Why DK Metcalf <laughs> is a top ten wide receiver? Why? <laughs> <laughs> why Drew Locke is actually better than everybody makes him out to be? Why is that helping Wilson... DK flourish? Why Zach Wilson's going to lead the league in touchdowns this year, right? Like, <laughs> oh, bummer. yeah, Cameron, we miss you, man. This is this is going to be your episode, so we'll, Maybe, we'll do your we'll, we'll do you due diligence, hopefully, with some of your rankings. But do do we give him a monologue, like a minute monologue, on Thursday to be like, you get one player to talk about for one minute that you didn't get to do it justice for in the last episode? I think that's a good idea. I think we need to do that. I think it's a good plan. Uh, that can be our opener, uh, since yes. we won't have uh, another question of the day or mailbag in this episode. I think we'll just let Cameron monologue for the first first couple minutes of next episode about yes. a player that he has ranked. Because some of his rankings, um, <laughs> yeah, like you said, I, we are very. As he told me, we are not the same. Yeah, we we are not it is very true. <laughs> He's not wrong. So, uh, but there are some that we like absolutely agree on. And I think he has a couple of like spot on projections in there that um, we'll get to in this episode too. So um, let's first though, before we get into uh, some, some, um, some surprising projections, goodness, if I can enunciate, uh, let's cruise through some news and notes from the past five or so days here. Uh, Insert transition. (laughs) Uh, the classic first, first, fellas created enter transition the fe- Q transition the, 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 one day we'll get actual transitions in there when we have a soundboard Jackson right, yeah. Jackson yeah Jackson f- fix our soundboard please help us out uh, Hunter Renfro two year 32 million dollar extension 21 million dollars guaranteed well done, Mr. Renfro. I think well-deserved after last year. Uh, I am a little bit concerned about what his volume will be like this year now that Devontae Adams is in town. But um, to say he didn't deserve this extension I think would be false. So uh, that's that's all my thoughts on that. Patrick Mahomes' MVS connection is very strong in camp so far. 
Now let me tell you, let me push my MVS agenda real quick. Uh, no. <laughs> I don't care about this piece of news whatsoever. Um, I d- that, that, that being said, though, I do think MVS has a higher chance of breaking out this year than people realize. And people are all like, he's got bricks for hands he can't catch. Uh, I'm just going to tell you, he had zero drops last year. <laughs> His drops have gone down every year in the league. So Sorry about it. Uh, I don't know. I think he has a good chance to uh, show out a bit this year. But, I mean, nothing like a top 20 wide receiver. Don't get crazy on me. Um I don't know, uh, but whatever. It's minicamp. I don't really care about this piece of news. Yeah, much. let me know how it goes and what that's like in July or in August. Right. Yeah, when we uh, when we go through the uh, AFC West here uh, in uh, a couple of weeks, we'll <laughs> we'll cover that base then. Chris Carson says he has no timeline for his return. I can't say I'm shocked by this piece of news, unfortunately, which saddens me because I used to be a big Chris Carson advocate. I don't know about you. I just, I don't see him coming back to the NFL, which is sad. Wasn't there, I don't know if the picture was real, but I wasn't, it was either you or Cam that sent a picture of Dr. Jesse Moore. Yeah. Fantasy doctors. Yes. Um, I would a hundred percent believe anything he puts out there. Love his content. Um, yeah, that picture was, well, and without why you know, would you want to stick yourself on a football field again? Without being TMI about exactly what it is, go check out the picture yourself. But like, once you see the picture and you see what like what he's dealing with, it's one of those like, dog, you. Why would you just just don't. just don't don't risk it, man? Just it's okay to live a happy away. life everyone's yeah. going to understand if you retire no one's going to be disappointed yes. no no one's going to be sad everyone's going to completely understand <laughs> i like they drafted kenneth walker expecting you to not play like they they are giving you a free out <laughs> yep. take the free out man just go right yep. off into the sunset with what you got left so yeah uh i i would highly doubt seeing chris carson in the nfl at all this season uh, speaking of retirement, Robbie Anderson hints at retirement <laughs> and shows up to camp three days later. <laughs> uh, a little comical piece of news in there. Uh, look, I get it if he's contemplating retirement at 29 because he has to play with Sam Darnold for literally 90% of his career. Uh, I'll love to Sam Darnold. Look, man, I have you on my dynasty team. I have some faith you can hold down the starting job there. But uh, uh, look, I get it, Robbie. I get it, man. It's a tough life. It just it doesn't make any sense. It just like I it would be you know I I can't even say this is him just trying to be you know you know trying to grab a headline or two. But like dog, you're you're Robbie Anderson. You're you're Robbie Anderson. Like no one no one like gives. I'm sorry. That's probably just some a personal vendetta thing, but. Maybe actually, you know what it is? It's the hurt that he delivered us last year after giving us 150 targets and then a horrific season last year. There it is. There it is. Yep, I agree. Hundred percent agree. I was in on Robbie. I went back and I listened to one of our old podcasts. Told a side note that we got to keep moving. I went back and listened to one of our. It was a mock draft episode. I took Robbie Robbie Anderson in one of our mock drafts, uh, and I think I think I said and I quote. Uh, I had seen some people on TikTok put Robbie Anderson inside of their top 20 wide receivers. And I said, that's crazy. 
and then I sat and thought about it. I say, is it all that crazy? Like I don't. Th- but then I followed it up with, I don't think Robbie Anderson actually finishes there. But like, I don't think it was otherworldly to think that. And then Robbie comes out and he's like, "What up, I'm Robbie Anderson? I'm not even a top fifty fantasy wide receiver." <laughs> you thought I was your flex wide receiver this year? Psych. Psych. <laughs> Tyree Kill <laughs> claims Tua is more accurate. And Patrick Mahomes. Uh, I want the exact quote. I don't even want to dive into this because we all know that statement is just, just pure. It's just asinine. But what, what was the actual quote? Because I feel like that that statement doesn't do it justice. So real quick, we'll give props to the podcast. It needed to be said. This is where Tyree yes. gave us this yes. legendary, awful quote about which quarterback <laughs> he prefers. From the man himself, he says, and I quote, I've had a chance to see Tua throw the ball to myself. He's that dude, bro. A lot of people don't know. I'm not just sitting here just saying this because he's my quarterback. He has a heck of an arm. He's accurate. He can throw the deep ball, and he actually goes through his reads. He then continues just like every to, other NFL quarterback. <laughs> right. He then continues to say, Tua or Patrick Mahomes, obviously I'm going to go Mahomes as the strongest arm. But as far as accuracy-wise, I'm going with Tua all day. Maybe, and I think maybe this is because every single clip that we've seen of Tyreek in, you know, mini camps and practices and stuff are him running three-yard out routes to the sideline. With no coverage. With zero coverage. Yeah, he puts it right on the numbers, bro, without defense. (laughs) And it's typically, right, you know, as a lefty's going to catch the ball, the right shoulder turns. I wouldn't be surprised if it's actually out to the left. So all he's got to do is just turn a little more and gets it over there. Like, he he doesn't have to read. He just goes, hike, look, oh, hey, there you are. I just, I we uh, we don't need to say anymore. Um, that that comment is just absurd. So, uh, <laughs> we all know. Maybe out of RPO, maybe out of RPO too is more accurate. I mean, he was pretty freaking accurate in RPO offense. I will give him that. But like, I, I'm, I'm done is... with that. Lamar and Kyler. <laughs> Get your last thought in. Get your last jab in. This is a Mike McDaniel, Shanahan offense. Ain't no RPO happening here. Tua is going to hand it off, or he's going to just play action it and deep bomb it to Jalen Waddle. Not Tyreek Hill. Okay. Uh, (laughs) Lamar and Kyler. Lamar and Kyler both report to minicamp. Good for them. They need to play. Well, I guess Kyler needs to play out this year before demanding a contract. Lamar I'm kind of surprised by. I figured he'd sit out for a contract, but I, he, man, is a, man is a winner. Wants to go out and prove that he's deserving of a contract. So props to him. Uh, bell cow roll unlikely for Josh Jacobs. Look, I feel like this shouldn't be as shocking as it came to the world. Of like, if like now that McDaniels is in Las Vegas, I feel like you have to recognize... Josh Jacobs' ceiling is probably Damian Harris of last year, which would be running back some. I, I believe running back fourteen. When I looked, it was running back fourteen. Maybe it was running back eighteen. And I had my weeks wrong. Um, at any rate, you have a borderline top fifteen running back who, without fifteen touchdowns, falls outside of the top twenty. 
and Josh Jacobs is going at running back 20, so I feel like that's kind of baked into his ADP right now. But it's just one of those where it's like, Josh McDaniels wasn't going to give him all the touches to begin with. Uh, and I think at this point you're you're banking on 12-plus touchdowns from Josh Jacobs to be top 20 relevant. And the most he scored in his career is 12. Damian Harris hadn't, hadn't scored 15 touchdowns in his career before last year. <laughs> I just... I, I think it's time to recognize the downside Josh Jacobs actually has instead of praising him for all the upside he could have. I think that's where we need to be. I, I, Without the receiving work, work Josh Jacobs, his, his value takes a big hit. 18 and a half uh, targets per season he was seeing an increase of since his rookie season. 27, 45 to then 64 last season. That's going to go back down to, my guess would be two targets a game. So like 34. I don't know, man. I don't know. We're spending a lot of time on news, but I feel like a lot of this stuff needs to be done. Yeah, I like the 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 source, I guess you will say, like that reported this. Yeah. The explanation could have been a lot better because it was very much a like watch out for Zamir White and it's not impossible for a fifth round running back to get involved in an offense and get like heavily involved in an offense. Right. But the, their argument was that, like, oh, Zamir White is, a, like, a perfect scheme fit for this McDaniels run offense. And Jacobs. you're like, well, because it's, like, it's it's between the tackles. It is downhill. Yep. And they're like, that's what Zamir White does really well. And when I shared this with then Lucas and Cam, we were all kind of like, that's what Josh Jacobs does, too. <laughs> like. Do you want to know why Josh Jacobs has averaged 3.95 yards per carry the past two seasons? It's because he only runs between the tackles. <laughs> and the Raiders just destroyed their offensive line. Oh, yeah. Anyways, all that to say, um, that was all speculation, too. That wasn't like a, re a report, but uh, that was an article from uh, The Athletic who um, who covers... The Raiders, so that was speculation, but I, I think there's a lot of merit to it. Uh, I'm going to cruise through these last two here because we don't need to talk a ton about them. DeAndre Swift to be a big part of the Lions' passing offense. Nothing new under the sun. DeAndre Swift for running back one. Uh, Baker to Carolina. Uh, talks are ongoing there. Uh, it seems like there's urgency on Carolina's end to get a deal done, especially uh, if they want to get enough reps in with, with Baker at quarterback this offseason. Um, uh, I mean, it makes sense, but also they just drafted Matt Corral. Why would you not ride it out with Sam Darnold for 12 games this season? Start Corral after your bye. Let him get some reps in. That seems like what will make the most sense to me. You're not going to be a championship winning team this year. I'm sorry, but I get it. Kind of. I, I mean, I wonder if this is one of those like, hey, we will negotiate a price for a later date, right? And just say like, this date comes around, call me again, and we'll talk about it, right? But, like, it could – just for simplicity's sake, it could be, you know, a seventh-rounder for Baker Mayfield, right? Yeah, Right, but Carolina is saying, like, we'll call you in a month from now. And if we feel like we want to pull the trigger on it, we will. But right now, yeah. we're, just, we're just talking prices. We're not actually making a deal. Yep, yep. 
hundred percent. Let's uh, that wraps up news and notes. Let's move on to the topic of the day: some surprising projections from the fellows' twenty twenty two draft guide. We're uh, here's how we're gonna handle this. Insert transition. I forgot that part. Here's how we're gonna handle this. Uh, again, fellows' draft guide officially released today at 4 p.m central time you can get that over using any of the links in our social bios it is only five dollars it'll be the best five dollars you spend for the next four years you'll have to spend more money next year to get our 2023 draft guide but that being said <laughs> inflation it's inflation that's all. inflation it's inflation right because right. you know what we live in gas is going to be twenty dollars a gallon next year um <laughs> Fellows Draft Guide came out today, $5. Use the link in any of our social bios to go get yourself a Fellows Draft Guide. We are going to cover uh, some surprising projections in our rankings as we are statting these teams out. We're going to talk about a positive surprise, so a player that we actually have ranked higher than we expected to when we initially went into this process. We're going to have a negative surprise, a player we have ranked lower than where we thought we would coming into this process. And then we have a spicy projection section of what's uh high or low who do you think will finish higher or lower than uh consensus and you better have a reason behind it too so um something that the people may uh take a disliking to uh obviously not our goal but just uh we have our thoughts and opinions and it's worth sharing them if we think they're a little spicy so uh we want to start with the positives though we want to start with the positives uh tyler give me your 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 positive surprise uh, from your from your projections for this season in the 2022 Fellows Draft Guide. Yeah, my positive is actually Chris Godwin and DeAndre Hopkins. Ooh. And the t- so everyone knows that Hopkins is going to be at the first six games of the season. No one really knows how many games Godwin's going to miss this year, and I think I have him missing like four or five games. They currently, in my rankings, are finishing wide receiver 49 and wide receiver 58. But that's with oh. everyone else. But that's with everyone else in their entire point totals, right? So because right. Hopkins only playing 11 games and because Godwin's only playing 12 games, maybe 13 games, yeah, they're going to be a little bit lower. But when you look at it from a point per game basis. Godwin finishes as wide receiver 10 for me, and Hopkins finishes wide receiver 13. I like that. That's exactly where I would put them if they're playing a full 17-game season. I think I would flip the two, but I 100% agree. Yeah, somewhere somewhere in that that low-end wide receiver 1, high-end wide receiver 2 conversation for sure. And so that was a great feeling for me because I had no idea – like how to actually project them, right? Like you could try to be like Mr. Know-it-all and be like, yeah, Godwin's actually going to miss three games. He's going to come back week four, right? But like when you look at it from a point-per-game basis, right, it's it kind of, you know, it makes sense how much you've projected the entire year for them to go. And I feel like with those, like they they come off as a surprise. Like people will say you hear, (laughs) they'll hear you say, well, you said Godwin at 50 and Hopkins at 58. Is that what you said? 49 and 58. Yep. 49 and 58. People will hear that and they'll say, what in the world? Are you crazy? Because they're going in like 
the early 30s in oh, drafts right now. Like Godwin's ADP and is they're like what do you 20. Mean? Yeah. So they're so they're sitting thinking like what in the world do you mean they're that low? But then you build into the fact that they're actually fantasy points per game is so astronomically high that it's worth drafting them at that price. It's not worth wait it's not worth waiting until literally the last pick in your draft to take those guys because they're studs. When they come back, they are going to put up top 15 numbers. Those are guys you want on your team. So, of course, they're going to cost a higher price in drafts. But uh, the fact that they're both top 15 for you, uh, despite missing, uh, well, in fantasy points per game, I think that's uh, I think that's interesting. Yeah. And like I said, it was a great feeling because when you look at wide receiver 49 and wide receiver 58, you're nearly, and then you look at ADP and you're like, wow, that's a lot. But then when you look at yeah, the, what am I doing wrong here? <laughs> right. But then when you break it down game by game, you're like, actually, no, that's pretty reasonable. Like maybe Godwin at yeah. wide receiver twenty is a little steep, but like, who knows? It could only be like two games that he misses, and then right. So it it it, it all checks out for me, I guess. I think I have him projected as wide receiver. Uh, well, I have him projected to miss four games i think i have him playing 13 games this year um yeah that's so fascinating that's good i like that um my surprise my positive surprise from my rankings how about this david montgomery is my running back 13 Uh, i feel like that's a little bit against consensus i feel like the the consensus is pretty not pretty low on david montgomery but pretty average on david montgomery like i think he's going as running back 16 17 right now which i can't blame people for and like i was looking at montgomery's stat line and i literally have nothing special for david montgomery 255 carries uh 1020 yards eight touchdowns those are his rushing stats receiving stats 55 receptions 401 receiving yards in a tutty that there's nothing special to that but as I'm looking at my rankings, like there are some other guys in there. Oh, goodness, I should probably pull them up to the list specifically. But Montgomery has this rare, I am getting all of the touches, all the running back touches, uh, even though my quarterback is pretty much a running back as well. I just have confidence in the volume Montgomery is going to get. I know it's a new regime, but they didn't go out and, and re-sign anybody. I feel like they're still going to make him the guy. He came back strong after injury last season. Like, they have no reason to not put their faith in him and give him all the running back touches. So, the fact that I had David Montgomery at running back 13, I honestly expected him to be lower. Actually, I had him significantly higher. I think I had him I think I had him top 10 originally. <laughs> and I'm like, wait a second. Uh, some of these rankings are a little inflated. I should probably fix this. Um, and so I did. I went back and tweaked. But still, running back 13, that shocked me. I expected him to be closer to the, the 17, 18 range, honestly. Yeah, I've I've got him as my running back seventeen right now, and I think yeah. it's and it's more so like I I cannot doubt the potential that he has to finish higher because we've seen him finish top five in years past. Yeah, right. My my concern is just his offensive line and his offense. That is cur- very fair. Like the current state of that offensive line is what we call garbo in. Uh, the cool kids terms it, it's just <laughs> it's not it's not a running backs paradise no i mean i only have him averaging four yards a carry mm-hmm. 10 20 1020 yards on 255 touches that's that's four yards a carry right which i think is reason we see josh jacobs has been averaging four yards a carry right imagine if montgomery gets 
4.2 yards more. I mean, all of it here, I'll even do the math for you quick. Uh, 255 times 4.2 yards per carry. You add, add another 50 yards on there. It's another five fantasy points, right? I, I Look, I think I'm being even modest in some ways, maybe a little more optimistic on his receiving upside, but I, I don't think north of 50 receptions is out of the realm of possibilities considering he might be their best, their, their third best pass catching option after Mooney and Komet. Yeah. Yeah. Literally. I mean, I think when he did finish top five was when he kind of showed people that like he can be an effective weapon in the passing game. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Uh, enough about mine. Cameron, Cameron's positive projection caused positive surprise from his projections. Um, it's an interesting one. I think it does require a little bit of explaining, but I think with his explanation, it makes sense why it's a surprise for him. Yeah. Uh, his positive surprise is that CeeDee Lamb finishes as his wide receiver eight. and Which is be- like right around consensus. Yeah. So it doesn't make sense initially that it's a surprise, but his explanation makes more sense. So I think for, uh, you know, in from our perspective, it like, it's surprising for him because we know how high he is on guys like Mike Williams and Corlin Sutton and DK Metcalf. Um, but with the current stat line that he did give CD lamb, I don't know if he's put it in. I think he has, let me pull it up. His, let me pull up his stat line. What he, uh, Oh, no, he doesn't. Okay. never mind. Um, but I, his point being is that he didn't give him astronomical numbers or anything like that. And he still finishes as a wide receiver eight. Like he doesn't need a breakout season to still finish top 10. And again, the previous point of like, he's looking, he's, he's got his other wide receivers that he likes a lot for CD lamb to finish wide receiver eight is, I think not only surprising for him, but I think kind of surprising for us too. I really expect him to have CD lamb as like some, blasphemic rank of like wide receiver 15 or something and i'd like lose my mind over it because <laughs> i have cd as my wide receiver six but i mean when you have 120 targets vacated uh and your your second wide receiver is likely gonna miss probably three four games to start the season all i'm saying is that uh look you got a lot of targets coming your way that is just a volume play. And even if he's not efficient with that volume, it, it's volume. It's it's receptions, and those are invaluable in PPR. So, yeah, I think I think CD could absolutely volume his way to a top. I have him, again, I have him at six, so a top, top six finish on the year at the position. Mm-hmm. I don't know where you have him. Where do you have him in your rankings? Uh, good question. I've got CD Just because I don't have him right in front of me. Oh, I've got him as my wide receiver eight as well. Ah, so you two are a bit lower, you chumps. Um, no, <laughs> I think I think it's totally fair. I think it's totally fair. I think I'm a bit more optimistic on CD. I've always been more optimistic on CD than you two. This is true. I I've got Mike Evans and Debo, the next two players in front of him. Okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. Let's move on to some negative uh, surprises, though, from our projection. Some guys who. We statted out, ultimately came to a little bit of a, a crossroads on and said, wait, why are they so low in our rankings? And no matter how much we've gone back and tried to 
double check our numbers and tweak to see if we did anything wrong, um, they still end up lower in our rankings. So some guys that we statted out, saw our final rankings and said, I didn't think I'd be so low on this guy. Who is that guy for you? Yeah, that guy for me is Mr. Rashad Penny, running back for the Seattle Yeah, this, this I, I don't know if it fascinates me, infuriates me, um, I, make, I feel okay with it. Like, I don't know how to feel about this, but continue. <laughs> so it's really kind of a multitude of reasons, one being um, Rashad Penny did kind of have a little outburst at the end of last season. That's really like the only like significant amount of playing time that he's had in his time in Seattle. He's always he's either been battling injuries or been backing up Chris Carson. That's one point. Second point, in the draft this year, Seattle invested in their offensive line. And then they followed it up in the second round by taking Kenneth Walker. And I can't help but kind of correlate that to mean that Seattle's kind of wanting to go in. I, I don't know if a new direction is the right way to put it, but they're wanting to kind of kickstart their run game a little bit. And to me, you kickstart that with Kenneth Walker. You don't do that with Rashad Penny. That's just, that's just me. Um, and like I said, and the third reason is I, it's going to be tough to run for I mean, for Kenneth Walker, if Chris Carson's healthy, it's just going to be tough to run because teams are going to take away the run and force Geno Smith or Drew Locke to beat them. So it doesn't, I mean, Penny is the one guy I'm going to highlight, but I, I mean, in all honesty, it doesn't look good for any Seattle running backs this year. Uh, I, yeah, I feel like Rashad Penny could somehow volume his way to like a top borderline top 30 finish at the position. Like, I don't think I can get more. I have him as my running back 33. And I think it's because I just have him kind of voluming his way there, not very efficiently, but enough to where, I don't know, he's tolerable, I guess. But I'm not optimistic about it because teams are just going to stack the box and force Drew Locke or Geno Smith to beat them. <laughs> like, that's what's going to happen. So, but yeah, you said you had Rashad Penny outside of your top 40, though. I've got him as my running back 47. Yeah. So and that's like, I think a lot of people would be shocked by that. Here are some other names that I've got in front of him, just for context, oh, even. Boy. Oh, no. <laughs> um... We'll start with the guy right in front of him, Ronald Jones. Okay. James Cook. I get that. Naeem Hines. I have Naeem Hines scary high. He's not, uh, since I'm not talking about him, I'm going to say that. I have Naeem Hines scary high. Um, Continue. <laughs> Daryl Williams. Okay, yep. That one makes sense. Damian Williams. Oh, there's a name. Because there's literally like no one else in Atlanta besides Tyler Algier. <laughs> put, I was gonna say put some name, put some respect on Tyler Algier. I know he's a freaking sixth round, fifth round pick, but yep. um, <laughs> Kenyon Drake, mm -hmm. Kenneth Gainwell, 
Yep. JD McKissick. Like these are guys that are going to get receiving work. Yeah, that's what we're looking at at this point. I noticed a lot of those names have high upside in the passing game, which I think would play to their advantage considering literally Rashad Penny and Kenneth Walker could literally split every single piece of work, both rushing and receiving this year. That wouldn't surprise me in the least. Mm-hmm. I get that. Uh, I think 47 is too low, but uh, I, I don't hate your reasoning for it either. That's why it's a disappointing projection. <laughs> yep. So, uh, my negative surprise, also a running back. Not quite as severe as outside of my top 45, but uh, this running back who has been touted to be a top 20, if not top 15 running back this year. Uh, I have Cam Akers barely inside of my top 25 running backs. I have him as my running back 24, and he terrifies me this year. He absolutely terrifies me this year. I like if If there is one running back I'm avoiding in fantasy drafts this year... And, and uh, I'm like, I know I'm like stabbing a dagger straight through your Cam Akers manage, managing heart right now. Yeah. <laughs> let me let me just twist it a little bit in there. Just <clears throat> wrench it in there a little bit. Um, yeah. I am terrified. I am avoiding Cam Akers personally this year. I did not like what I saw in the playoffs from Cam Akers. Uh, I'm sorry, when you average only two and a half yards per carry, I look, I get your gate, you're coming off of an Achilles injury. I get all of that. I get you've had a full year now or a full off season to fully recover from that. I don't, at what point does Cam Akers start off the season averaging, let's say like three and a half yards per carry. I haven't projected for 3.9 yards per carry. I want to make that clear. So I'm like throwing out a hypothetical number that is lower what I'm projecting him to be. But at what point, does Cam Akers rushing for three and a half yards per carry coming off of an Achilles injury still? Like, Achilles injuries linger. There is not a good track record of Achilles injury recovery in the NFL. So if he averages three and a half yards per carry, at what point are you Sean McVay and you say, I just need a more efficient rusher in there. I just need, like, somebody else in there to rush for me. So at what point do they say, hey, Daryl, um, go take some snaps. You're going to get 35% of the work now. I know McVeigh likes his guy. I just I don't like I have I have Acres 240 touches, so not like absurdly low. Like I don't have him splitting work, but I only have him averaging 912 yards of so 3.9 yards per carry, and I still gave him seven touchdowns. Right, like figure like realistically, these numbers aren't too far off from David Montgomery's, who I actually who I have in my top 15. But then the thing with Akers, I just, no receiving work for him. 30 receptions, 303 yards, two touchdowns. And I think I'm generous with the receiving work, if I'm being perfectly honest. I think I'm being a bit generous there. I initially had Cam Akers before I made tweaks. I had him as my running back 28. <laughs> and I didn't regret a second of it. But then I went back and I, and I figured I should probably give him some more volume. So I'm, I'm terrified of Cam Akers personally. I want nothing to do with him this year. He he is probably the one running back I am avoiding at all costs in my fantasy drafts, especially at his price of running back. I believe he's at running back sixteen right now. Running back eighteen, I think he is actually. I I'm out. I'm out on K Makers. I that that was honestly really surprising to me. I had him that low. I like if I had him at running back twenty, I think I would have understood. But the fact he's barely inside my top twenty five, and at literally one tweak of his ranking could be barely top thirty, that terrifies me. So. 
I'm on a Cam Akers. Um, I think that's all I have to say there before I talk myself into more sadness and probably rip your heart to shreds even more. <laughs> so it's gone through. It's gone through enough the past couple of days. So. I, yeah, yeah. When I initially sent that text in the chat, I'm sure your heart just just sunk. Wanted to reach through your phone and smack me, probably. I mean, I literally sent a Mortal Kombat gif of <laughs> some dude getting knocked out. Just a long sword stuck straight through his uh, torso. Yep. I love that. It was so aggressive too. I, I found that really funny. I, yeah, that's a comment. Um, I don't know if you have anything to add on to Acres, but. I I mean, the the I I oh my goodness, where do I start? Cam and I talked about this <laughs> a week ago, maybe. And basically, the appeal for Acres was he's the lead guy. The receiving work is still a question mark, but he's still a lead guy. And in the Rams offense, you just want a piece of it. Now, the other bit of um, like. You hope that having a full offseason now to regain trust on your leg, to regain strength and speed happens. It doesn't always happen. So there's a lot of it's it's a risk that you have to take. And I tried to find like a running back pairing that would like, you know, if you're going to take Cam Akers as your running back two, who's going to be like your ideal running back one. And then I like. It's only like Jonathan Taylor, CMC, or yeah. Najee Harris, maybe even Austin Eckler. Like someone the, who's got steady and consistent volume, and you know will be in your lineup more times than not. So I mean, Chris McCaffrey probably is out then because, but I mean, I'm still taking Chris McCaffrey just with oh my goodness, 27 fantasy points from games played over the past four years. Like I just I want that on my team. Sorry, yep. I interrupted, but continue. No, that's that's just it. Like you can't you can't go with. A guy like, oh, who's a guy that we've, uh, I was going to say Swift, but not really Swift. Camara. Let's say that. You cannot go Camara Acres because Camara has his own stuff to deal with. That's a risky yes. pick in itself. Yes. So maybe that limits him to maybe like two teams like in your draft then, but... There, there's still some appeal to Acres. It's just a matter of like, how is that actually going to play out this year? Yeah, I get the appeal. I'm avoiding it. I want nothing to do. I don't want to play Cam Acres games this year. I think that shows in my projections. So, let's talk uh, Cameron's disappointing projection. Who did he? Uh, who did he have down? He had Mister Elijah Mitchell as his one. Uh, disappointment. This one makes me want to puke. This not, one. not really. I mean, I have Elijah Mitchell pretty low, but it was one where, like, I just need more confirmation on what the heck is going on in 49ers camp. So, yeah, anyways, it's, continue. It, it's a it's a fairly interesting take. Um, uh, yeah, I think I think that's mildly putting it. Yep. <laughs> he so Cam currently has Elijah Mitchell finishing as the running back 37 after finishing as a running back 22. Was it last year? I think that's I think that's it. Yeah. He was top 25 for sure. Yeah. And the reasoning for this there's nothing confirmed about what's going to be said. So take it with a grain of salt, take it with a you know wait to hear until training camp comes around, but 
This is just what Cameron believes at this point before training camps. And I think, I think he would agree with us that if any sort of piece of news comes out of training, well, maybe he wouldn't because I think he would also say like, you just can't trust the 49ers to which I say, I agree. Um, But if I get pieces of news about Elijah Mitchell saying he, I mean, there already has been that he's the lead guy still, but Mm -hmm. if something comes out, you know, during camp that says Elijah Mitchell's still the guy, then I am saying, great. I, I will move him up in my rankings then. Yep. But, uh, sorry, go ahead. Cam thinks that Trey Lance, if he is indeed the starter this year, will steal the goal line work or majority of the goal line work. So that already hurts Elijah Mitchell a little bit because he's not so much of a PPR guy, so he does kind of need to cash in on touchdowns. Yep. Point number two, Elijah Mitchell, Trey Sermon, remember that name? Ha. And... And Jeff Top Wilson, liver sermon? Yeah. What? <laughs> what? And Jeff Wilson combined for close to 200 attempts. So if we're splitting that three ways, even it's roughly 60 carries a person, which that I, I'll just leave it there. I'll save the comments for later. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Well, 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 well yep. Yep. And then kind of, and then Cam kind of doubles down on the goal line take by saying that Tyrion Davis Price, who was the third round draft pick by the Niners this year, could also steal some goal line work. I mean, I get he's a more of a, a bruising back, but I, I again I think you and I both I think he's much higher on on Davis Price than either of us. I don't even could have be. Davis Price like projected. I'm like, I'm not messing with it. <laughs> well, again, this is one where if something comes out, if the if, if a beat comes out of the 49ers camp that says Elijah Mitchell 1, Tyrion Davis Price 2, I'm going to pay attention. Right. I'm, I'm going to pay attention then. For now, though, I think I do have Davis Price projected as the running back 2, but it is like split between him and Jeff Wilson as running back 2 duties, which doesn't accumulate to much. Yeah, I think the so, big, I, I think the biggest thing is the the Mitchell Sermon and Wilson point of combining for 200 attempts. That's 63 some carries for each of them. Like that's not, that's not going to happen. <laughs> I would agree. I would I would agree. Cameron isn't here to defend himself, though, so maybe this is what his uh, this is what monologue he, will be on this next This is what week. he has this to talk about. This is what it'll be next week. This is what it'll be next week. 100, 100%. Um, <laughs> let's, uh, let's wrap up the episode with uh, some spicy projections. Not necessarily uh, anything that we're, like, disappointed or, like, supremely surprised by, but something that... Uh, came back in our rankings, and we say, yeah, you know what? That makes a lot of sense, and I'm higher or lower than consensus, and the people might not like it as much. Um, so why don't you start with yours, Tyler? Spicy spicy projection that you had come back from your initial um, projections. Yeah, see, this is a nice little warm-up for Hot Take tie. you know what I'm saying? When we get back to the know divisional breakdowns. Yes, sir, we get Hot Take tie back for divisional breakdowns. Yes, yes sir. sir. Um, no, so my my spicy projection based off of our draft guide, 
is that there's only going to be one rookie wide receiver in the top 40 wide receivers this year. Ooh, so we're not going to have a Justin Jefferson or Jamar Chase, you mean? Aren't they, don't they just grow on trees? <laughs> Believe it or not, they don't. <laughs> oh, bummer summer. I think. I was kind of hoping they did. Well, Traylon Burks, I, I drafted him. I'm just kidding. I, I mean, we everyone did in Dynasty. It was <laughs> like this guy's this guy could be a top twenty. Meh. Okay. I, I don't know if he can year one, but right, I, he um, could get there potentially. Get there eventually, eventually. Um, no, this is I think you know with Dynasty, right? When you're doing a Dynasty rookie draft, it's really just situation that you're drafting for. Yeah, there's a bit of ceiling, but it, it's really situation dependent right yeah i mean yeah if Traylon burks had gotten drafted to go to oh i'm trying to remember like how the draft all played out now let's say that Traylon burks went to oh my goodness or maybe let's do this let's say that garrett wilson actually ended up in um, Baltimore. Yep. I think Garrett Wilson would have been the first wide receiver taken off the board. Oh, I would have. Yes, I would have taken him over Trey Lumberg's. Hundred percent agree. But because he ended up with the Jets, it murked things up a little bit for him. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It, uh, when when you're debatably the number two guy on that team and these other two I mean I guess you have that argument for Traylon Burks like is he the one but like I'm sorry Robert Woods is 29 years old no actually he's over 30 30, isn't he 30 yeah yeah so he's pretty much at the end at coming off of an ACL too so yeah no I yeah so all so again the point being when I say that there's only going to be one rookie wide receiver in the top 40 it's just me trying to tell people this the wide receivers coming out this year, like Garrett Wilson and Drake London were kind of the big the bigger names. But they may not even finish top forty just because of the situations that they're in. Drake London has Marcus Mariota throwing him the ball and Kyle Pitts to compete with. Yeah. Garrett Wilson is going to the Jets, and the Jets have a lot to prove in their passing offense. And now he's also got to battle Corey Davis and Elijah Moore for receiving work. Yes. Yep. Traylon Burks has probably the most optimistic situation, just being literally the only wide receiver at this point until Robert Woods comes back. Yep. But we've seen we've seen it in the past where rookie wide receivers who we think should just immediately step in as the wide receiver one or two or as a starter in the offense. Don't actually start off as a starter. It takes them a couple weeks. So again, it's me just trying to be like pump the brakes a little bit on the rookie wide receivers. Like dynasty's a dynasty's a completely different story, but yeah, that's a whole different podcast for redrafts and stuff. You cannot bank on these rookie wide receivers to be a flex player for you this year. You can draft them as a as a fourth wide receiver or a fifth wide receiver, just as a pure upside pick. But don't expect the rookie wide receivers to really cash in and give you a better return for the value that you got them for. I would I would definitely agree with that. I just don't I just don't think we're gonna have a 
Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson kind of player this year. I just they don't grow on trees. It, it's even Jalen Waddle. It's pretty abnormal to have guys like that. So, um, could we see some of them break out towards the second half of the season? I think we could, but by that point, I don't think it's. By that point, I like you're not look. They'll probably still finish in like the mid thirties somewhere, right? Devonta Smith didn't even have a bad rookie season, and he still finished in the mid thirties for wide receivers. So, just one of those where it's like I, I, you just gotta tamper your expectations with these guys. So, I hundred percent agree. Here's my spicy projection. I'm excited for this one. Amari Cooper, wide receiver 33. That's where I have him in my projections. <laughs> and you're, you're all are probably like, are you kidding me? The guy they just traded for? And a clear wide receiver one on that team? Are you joking, Lucas? Uh, who do you say is the better NFL talent of all time, Amari Cooper or Odell Beckham Jr.? Ooh. That's like, I, so I, I, I side Ooh. Odell, but now that I ask that question out loud, it's actually a, a decent question. Probably I, 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 Odell Beckham in my book. I, I, I think I'm going to go Odell, but just because you, you knew the ceiling that he had yeah, and yep. it just got taken away from him just with how his career has played out, <laughs> but it, it's, he went it's, to it's, Cleveland. it's close. It's close. It's pretty close. He went to, he went to Cleveland. And he died. <laughs> but, so I thought the same thing for Amari Cooper. But then, then they made a deal for Deshaun Watson. And I thought, Amari Cooper, potential top 12 wide receiver this year. I have Deshaun Watson playing zero games this year in my projections. I have Jacoby Brissett playing the entire season. Now you tell me uh, what fantasy relevant wide receiver one Jacoby Brissett has supported. The correct answer is zero, if that's what you're uh, trying to ponder up right now. Um, the correct answer is zero. Uh, so, look, it's going to be... I, I feel like then people will then use this argument to say, like, Nick Chubb and Korean, Nick Chubb, they're going to run the ball so much more. How, how different is Jacoby Brissett from Baker Mayfield? Like, no disrespect to Baker, but I mean... They were already doing this with Baker, uh, just running the ball nonstop. I just don't believe a top 25 wide receiver can be supported in this offense unless if Deshaun Watson is throwing the football. So I have Amari Cooper significantly low. I have him as my wide receiver 33, uh, 77 receptions on 127 targets, 968 yards, so not even a 1,000-yard season, six touchdowns. Good for wide receiver 33. I just don't have much faith in... um, Jacoby Brissett under center for the Browns, and I think they'll just resort to heavy run game dosage as they as they typically do. So, again, the people may not like that one, um, but until I know Deshaun Watson isn't going to get suspended by the NFL for an entire season, Amari Cooper will likely remain outside of my top thirty wide receivers. I can't. Is anything I said unreasonable <laughs> or worthy of blasphemy? <laughs> How dare you say that Nick Chubb is not a top ten running back, especially in this oh, offense with no Deshaun Watson? Oh, How dare you? Oh, <laughs> oh, just sock me in the gut already. Oh, I'm sick of that. Apparently, it's a war crime to not have Nick Chubb in my top ten running backs. Oh, here, here, maybe this is what I should have said for my spicy projection. I had David Montgomery projected higher than Nick Chubb. 
Oh. Maybe that's what I should have said. That'll I think that's going to change, though. That'll get the I think, I think that's going to change, though. I think I, I think I am going to have Nick Chubb higher than David Montgomery. Uh, still a little bit of tweaking that needs to be done. But um, upon the draft guy being released, I have Nick Chubb as my running back 14. David Montgomery is my running back 13. Sure. Um, sure. Like I said, that will likely change. So don't don't just crucify me yet, but also... I'm not going to have Nick Chubb top 10. And no matter how many pitchforks and torches you come at me with, I'm not changing it. So, uh, what was Cameron's spicy projection for this upcoming season? I actually really like his spicy projection. And I think it's worth, I, yeah, I'm excited for this one. Yeah. Cam's spicy projection is that Mike Williams and Cortland Sutton will finish as wide receiver ones this year in fantasy football. I sneaky like Cortland Sutton. I like that take. I don't, I don't, I can't stand by it. I think I have Sutton as my wide receiver 16 right now, but I have him as a worthy option of being in your lineup every single week. We've talked about it a bit about just how much uh, Russ does like to favor the outside wide receivers up uh, quite a bit. Yeah, was it last week I showed that heat map on the podcast? Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I stand by that. <laughs> um, I think, and I guess Cam's reasoning is just that they're going to get a, a, a huge target share in their offense, and they're going to have massive red zone opportunity. Which, yep. if I'm going to play a little bit of, a, of devil's advocate, which I was planning on going to, <laughs> <laughs> Mike Williams is... He didn't finish as a wide receiver one last year, but he was relatively close. He was wide receiver 13. He finished one spot away in 12, 12 man PPR leagues. So, like, it, people will be like, Mike Williams, wide receiver one. And I guess it's me just being like, it's not as crazy as it sounds. Can I, can I say this? Can I say something? Go ahead. I, I have Mike Williams as my wide receiver 10. I've got. So I've got I agree. Mike. I've got Mike Williams as my wide receiver 11. June 12. He's a wide receiver Close one this enough. year. He, he's a wide receiver one this year. Yeah. Corlin Sutton is the one that's a little... Uh, a little spicy for me. little spicy. Um, the red zone opportunity... We'll see. Um, this is Nathaniel Hackett's offense that he's kind of bringing in. Yep. It's not a guaranteed like copy from what we saw in Seattle to Denver. Um but that's really my only complaint. Like you like Mike Williams and Cortland Sun will get volume. They will have a huge target share in their offense. So it's really not that spicy from that perspective. It's going to get kind of interesting to see like who's actually going to score the touchdowns as the year plays out because yep. that's what changes everything every single year. Yeah. Yeah, I I think Sutton is more of the spicy one out of those two because, yeah, like I said, I have Mike Will, wide receiver 10. So I think Mike Will is a wide receiver one this year. Not being drafted like it, I'm here for it. Keep his ADP low. I will gladly take him around wide receiver 17, 18, Please. 19, 20. Please. Please. I will gladly stack him into Stefan Diggs this year. Um, 
I will, that to say. I will stack Stefan Diggs, Mike Williams, and Juju Smith-Schuster as my wide receivers this year. And you can't stop me. Juju Smith-Schuster, is he top 25? Sorry, I'm in, throwing that on here as we're closing out the podcast. In my, in my rankings, Mr. Juju is wide receiver 24. He's a touchdown away from being wide receiver 21 for me. I have my wide receiver 28, and I'm trying to talk myself into giving him that extra touchdown this year to be wide receiver 21. So take we'll see one, if I get there. Take one away from Sky Moore and give it to Juju. You'll think. Me I mean, later. I might. I don't. I don't. I don't know what to do with Sky Moore or Michael Hardman this year. I just don't know what to do with them. So, I you know, I might. You might have just talked me into it. Juju Smith, top 25 wide receiver this year. Anyways. Um, <laughs> <laughs> We'll give Cameron a minute or two to uh, monologue next week about some of his projections. Uh, anything you want to add to close, the po- close out the podcast? Goodness, I uh, can't talk. Hey, do your fellows a solid and go get the draft guide. It's $5. It's, it's $5. $5. You can. It's better than a used game at GameStop. I can promise you that. It's debatable if it's better than a hot and ready from Little Caesars. What what else can you buy for five dollars that would be nothing in comparison to the draft guide? Five Arizona Arnold Palmers. Those are pretty good, but I would agree. I would rather have the fellas draft guide than three dollar and fifty cent hot dog and soda deals from Costco. <laughs> I would, it's true. It's true. I would rather have the fellas draft guide. And that's saying something considering I can get a hot dog. Like a like a nice sized hot dog, and a good sized soda with refill, from Costco for a dollar fifty. I would rather have the fellas draft guide than three of those. Can't can't argue with that. That give me the guide. <laughs> go do your everything. <laughs> go go do yourself a solid fellas draft guide. You can visit the link in uh, our social media bios. Uh, head on over and buy the draft guide for $5. You get all of our projections. We talked about, what, six players, six, seven players. You get literally hundreds of players for your draft guide this year. So go and do yourself a solid. Go invest in the fellas draft guide for $5 using the link over in any of our social media bios. That wraps up today's podcast. We are looking forward to Friday's episode. Man, oh man, is that going to be something to look forward to? We have Mock Draft 1.0, our first Mock Draft of the offseason. Well, I guess we did a way, way too early one a while back and a rookie one. But this is like legit Mock Draft 1.0 leading up to the season. Now that we have a more confirmed idea of what we want to do um, in drafts this year. So we have a special guest coming on for that as well. I'm not going to spoil the guest, but we are extremely excited to have them on uh, for Friday's episode. And we'll bring you bring you a pretty pretty great mock draft, I think. I, I mean, I'll put the draft guide on the line in that episode. Put it on the line? What do you mean? I will use that draft guide as my oh, yeah. guide for that draft. Yep. And I will show people that my team that I draft will be a league winner, will be a decade long league winner it'll be <laughs> the team that defeats all other teams that's how much that's how much faith i have in our draft guide i love it i love it go go do yourself a solid tune into our episode on friday go buy yourself the draft guide 
Uh, go give us a follow on our socials as well. FF Fellows on Twitter, the FF Fellows on Instagram, Fantasy Football Fellows, Facebook, YouTube, and TikTok. We're climbing over there. Just Did released just our hit... all overrated fantasy team. Uh, we're we at 69.7. We're close oh. to 60. We're close to 60. So help, oh. help us get to 60K. We're close. We're really close. Thanks again for tuning in. Uh, chatting with Cameron. Or not Cameron. Goodness, I spoke oh. Cameron. Chatting without Cameron tonight. I was thinking without Cameron. Uh, Tyler and Lucas without Cameron. I need to close this podcast before i say anything else disgraceful to you uh thanks for tuning in to another episode of the fancy football fellas just tyler and lucas two stooges being dudes camera from afar we'll see you on the next episode deuces deuces